You have to win souls. That's the way you're going to bear fruit is by leading people to Christ. A thing that many Christians today never participate in. I don't know how many are here tonight, but if there were 100 people here tonight and you all led one person to the Lord this week and brought him to church next Sunday, we'd have 200 here. And if that gets repeated every week, the numbers would double every weekend. But yet we sit back and we're like, I'm all right. I'm right with God. I'm doing what I ought to do. No, you're not bearing fruit. If our numbers doubled every week, you think we'd have a hard time building a new building out there? With everybody tithing? Or giving extra special offerings toward the building, toward the construction? No. But we struggle because we aren't obeying God like we should. And you know what? That makes us be miserable. Not be blessed. Not live a blessed life. Not live a joyful life. You know, uh, when you obey God, there's just a sense of peace. When you obey God, there's a sense of fulfillment. Uh, when you lead people to Christ, there's a sense of achievement. You feel like you're, and you are, right with God. And living in obedience with God, that makes such a difference in your life. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. And if I was a tree, I would, be one, I would want to be planted right by the rivers of water. In Mexico, along all the rivers, what you see is the weeping willows. They can't grow anywhere else. They have to have, they have, to have the water. And so when you take a trip, you can go by a river, or all, the weeping willows are lining both shorelines, both edges. But that's not a tree that produces fruit either. And here it says, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. If you have the water, you have the minerals, you have everything you need, why aren't you producing fruit? You come to church, you're getting fed, you're getting preached to, I hope you're reading your Bible, you're getting everything you need, why aren't you producing fruit? His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. A lot of times we fail at many things that we attempt in life. But who, want, who wants to be a failure? Who wants to feel like a failure? Or be called a loser? But you know why we're failing at other things? Because we're failing at this. If we were successful in obeying God in this area, we would be successful in all the other things we ever attempted to, to, to do. We're trying to live life and to say, well, I'm a Christian, but that's all there is to it. And so you're a fringe, you're on the borderline, you're a fringe, you're in the outer realm Christians. And you never even know what it, what it is like to be in the middle of the battle, to be in the core, to be 
the leader, and to obey God in every area of your life. Let's go to the book of Judges. I wanted to show you a couple verses where you can see that God compares men to trees. And there are comparisons to many other, other things as well, but tonight we're just looking at this one. Judges 9 and verse 7. And when they told it to Jotham, he went and stood in the top of Mount Jerizim and lifted up his voice and cried and said unto them, Hearken unto me, ye men of Shechem, that God may hearken unto you. The trees went forth on a time to anoint a king over them. Really? I've never seen trees grab another tree and say, hey, come here, you're going to be our king. <laughs> because it's talking about men. It's not really trees. It's an allegory using trees, but this man's talking about other men. And they said unto the olive tree, reign thou over us. But the olive tree said unto them, should I leave my fatness wherewith by me they honor God and man and go to be promoted over the trees? And the tree said unto the fig tree, come thou and reign over us. But the fig tree said unto them, should I forsake my sweetness and my good fruit and go to be promoted over the trees? Then said the trees unto the vine, come thou and reign over us. See, a lot of people don't realize that the vine, uh, grape vine, is a tree. Come thou and reign over us. And the vine said unto them, should I leave my wine, which cheereth God and man, and go to be promoted over the trees? And then said all the trees unto the bramble. Now the other trees were fine trees, but now we're looking at a bramble bush. <laughs> nothing good coming out of that. And that's the kind of wicked man they chose to put over themselves in this passage. And the bramble said unto the trees, if in truth ye anoint me king over you, then come and put your trust in my shadow. And if not, let fire come out of the bramble and devour the cedars of Lebanon. So I just wanted you to see that God compares us to trees. But many Christians today, and I'll say Christians within parentheses, because a true Christian obeys Christ. A true Christian follows Christ. A true Christian loves Christ. In fact, Christian means little Christ. So he's the main one, and we're supposed to be in an imitation of the main one, and people look at us and see Christ in us. And some people think that's all they have to do in their whole life, is just let people see Christ through us. The Bible says that faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Some of my relatives are Southern Baptists. They never witnessed anybody. They said, no, they're just supposed to see Christ in me, and that's enough. Okay, well, how many people got saved by seeing Christ in you without ever hearing the Word? Big fat zero, fruitless Christians. Let's go to the book of Galatians chapter 6. A lot of people don't lead souls to Christ because it's hard work. And see, we're fat and lazy. We want everything. 
We want everything. We want it right now without having to work for it. Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 9. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. What happens if you never sow? So in Matthew 13, the Bible tells us that the seed is the word of God and that the field is the world. But if we as Christians never sow, guess what? We're never going to reap either. There's not going to be a harvest. How many of you here have ever farmed or had a garden or had an orchard, had some fruit trees? Then you understand, you understand. And see, but we want immediate results. If we go out soul winning, we want to lead 100 of the Lord this Saturday. Because we're Americans. We want everything. We want it right now. Without having to work for it. We see it in the mentality today. Even if you lose, they say everybody's a winner. You get a consolation prize just for participating. People are getting paid to stay home. They're getting paid not to work. I've been shocked this time seeing a lot of businesses closed here in the area. And the ones that are open all have signs up saying they're looking for workers. But no one wants to work. They're getting paid to stay home. Why would you want to go to work when you can get paid to stay home? And Christians today are like that too. They just would rather stay home. Because soul winning is hard work. But uh, this is one of the big laws of the Bible. The law of sowing and reaping. If you don't sow the seed, you'll never have a harvest. So is that why you're unfruitful? The Bible doesn't tell us to go out every Saturday and that you have to lead 100 people to the Lord. And sometimes that's the only time Christians witness is when they go out with their church as, as an outreach or a ministry. And you think that's right? No, because you're only serving when other people are watching you. That's called eye service, and God doesn't bless that. A true Christian will be witnessing every day. Whether someone's watching someone for church or not. Because you're not serving men, you're serving God. Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. So if you don't sow any seed, you will have no harvest. So at least every day, could you sow one seed a day? If you purpose in your heart and decided tonight to witness to one person every day, every year of your life, you would witness to 365 people, and on leap years, you would witness to 366. Then at least you're sowing some seed. You may never see the fruit. You may never see that seed harvested. But that's okay. 
because that's not our responsibility. That's not our job. For he that soweth to his flesh, oh, and we do that a lot. Because today, like I said, we're not true Christians. And most of us live for number one. Live for yourself and not for God. So we have a lot of people today sow into the flesh. And if you do that, you'll have a harvest, but not the kind of harvest you want. If I go out in the field and just sow weeds, sow seeds of weeds, when harvest time comes around, will I be blessed? What am I going to do with this mess? And a lot of us do that. We sow seeds, just not the right ones. So when harvest time comes around, don't be shocked when there's no profit because you sowed the wrong seed. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. What's going to happen to your flesh? If you live for self your whole life and that's all you do is serve yourself, because a lot of us do that, what's going to happen to your flesh one day? As it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. Then what? You die, there's your flesh, now what? What profit did you have from sowing to your flesh your whole life? Nothing. And so, a lot of times here, we're we're nearsighted. We're thinking of my life today, what I'm going to eat today. Some of you are probably already thinking about what you're going to do after church. Or what restaurant you're going to go to, or what you're going to watch on TV tonight. I've heard of some people rushing out of church to get home in time to watch a TV show. And that just shows you where your priorities are. I'm not surprised, but it makes me sad. Is that why you got to get out right at 7? The kids will tell the truth. You know, some people tell the truth. uh, They say, what, children and drunkards? (laughs) They'll they'll let it slip, so watch out. (laughs) And then the rest of the verse says, But he that soweth to the Spirit, and that's the Holy Spirit because it's capitalized, shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Verse 9, And let us not be weary in well-doing. Oh, we do a lot of things and we don't get weary. We don't get weary of watching hours and hours and hours of TV because that's what's important to you. But you get weary if you have a long-winded preacher because the Bible is not important to you. And let us not be weary in well-doing. What's the best thing we could do in our lives as a Christian? We speak of doing good works. What's the best work we could do? I would say lead a soul to Christ. Because then you're changing that person's destination for all eternity. Amen. 
And God's pleased with that. There's a couple verses in the Bible. One says, God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He doesn't want people to die and go to hell because he wants us to tell them how to get to heaven. But oh no, we'd rather go home and watch three more hours of TV tonight. But boy, that preacher was long-winded. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. See, we're in the United States where we want instant results right now. And some of you raised your hand that you had farmed before. Do you harvest the day after you, or the day of planting the seed? The day after? In a week? No. It can take months. And for an orchard or fruit trees, it may be years before you see fruit off those trees. That's why baby Christians often don't lead people to the Lord, because they're still babies. Are you still a baby Christian? Is that why you're not bearing fruit? There could be several reasons of why you're unfruitful, but you shouldn't be unfruitful. And let us not be weary in well-doing. Do well, do what you ought to be doing, leading people to Christ, and don't be weary of doing that. See, you're expending all this energy and doing other things that in eternity are just a waste of time. And the most important things, we're like, oh, go soul winning, ugh. And let us not be weary in well-doing for in due season. It doesn't say today and it doesn't say tomorrow. It says in due season we shall reap if we faint not. So you just got to keep plowing on, plowing on, plowing on and never faint. So it's a steady pace. It's more important than uh, running the 100-meter dash and then falling on the ground worn out exhausted so as christians we have to pace ourselves in life and if you overdo it you can get burnt out but i don't think witnessing to one person a day is overdoing it amen and in a year you'd witness the 365 Let's look at 1 Corinthians 3. First Corinthians chapter 3. And I'm going to begin in verse 1. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. And this is a reason, another reason why people uh, don't bear fruit. Because they haven't matured spiritually. And that's sad. See, no one can force you to be a spiritual Christian. That's something you have to desire. And it's something you have to work at. And it takes discipline. And you forcing yourself to do something you don't want to do to mature spiritually. And some people have been in church for 40 years and they're not mature Christians. So it's not the amount of time you've been in church. It's the amount of time you've been in the Word. It says, I have fed you with milk. Took it easy on you. 
and not with meat, for hitherto ye were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. I don't know how many years went by, but time went by. At the time, he fed him milk. That's what they needed. But now some time went by, and he still has the feed of milk because they haven't matured spiritually. Verse 3. For ye are yet carnal. So a baby Christian is a carnal Christian. Carnal means the flesh. You like things that please the flesh. So winning doesn't please the, f- the flesh. So you'd rather go do other things that do. But soul winning pleases God. For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are ye not carnal? You should never even be arguing over that. Who then is Paul and who then... Who is Apollos but ministers by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man? I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So when you go out sowing seed, you know you can't just sow seed just anywhere either. If I sow it all the way down Interstate 90 right in the two lanes, you think I'm going to have a good, good harvest? And that's what we're going to look at in Matthew 13. But we should be busy, so you can't just throw the seed just anywhere. Someone had to plow. Because you can't just walk out to the field and say, here's the seed, throw it out there on that hard ground. Be the same as throwing it right down the middle of the interstate. So there has to be plowing. We live in Mexico, and we don't live in the city. We live about 40 minutes out of a very large city. But all around us is agriculture. And they grow two main crops in our area, and one is sugarcane and the other is corn. <clears throat> so sugarcane is just a grass, you know. But, man, I see how they go out there and they plow it up. They replant it. They're out there. They're, there's not weeds all growing in it, so they must Spray some kind of herbicide. I don't know. I see them going out there to uh, uh, take the fertilizer and they fertilize it. They water it. They got these sprinkler systems. Water in that grass. Because one day it grows up and it's sugar cane. And corn. You know, they, they plow the fields. They prepare the earth before being able to plant the seed. Some of them don't use tractors because they plant on the mountainsides and it's rocky ground, but they're patches of dirt. And they use something they call a koa. Koa is like a spear. And they just take that spear, poke it in the ground, move some earth over, put the seed in, and cover it up with their foot and move on and keep doing that. They're planting by hand. But they just didn't throw the seed on the ground. They had to soften the earth, soften the earth a little bit. See, but we want instant gratification. We we want the fruit and we want it now without having to do any work. Here in verse six it says, I have planted, Apollos watered, 
But God gave the increase. So winning souls takes a lot of work. You know, you got to plow, you got to plant, you got to make sure the weeds don't take over. Uh, you might want to bring some fertilizer and uh, keep an eye on, the, on those crops. Uh, down in Mexico, sometimes I've heard of people going in to steal fruit or steal uh, harvest, and they get shot with these, uh, uh, they get shot not with lead, but with salt, that uh, big green salt. And it's not going to, you know, cause any serious damage, but it hurts. <laughs> and they clear out of there real quick. Somebody is watching over their fruits or their harvest because if someone comes in and steals all that, they have no profits. They'll have nothing to eat. So you don't just throw the seed out anywhere. You prepare the ground. You plant it. You weed it. You water it. You uh, fertilize it. And then you, you're protecting that because that's what's going to feed you. See? And so it's a lot of work. So a lot of people don't want to win souls because of all the work involved. Amen. But let me tell you something. That's the best work you could ever do. Here in verse 6 says, I have planted, Apollos watered, but who gave the increase? So if I can be plowing, planting, watering, fertilizing... That, doing that my whole life, that's all I need to worry about. And if you can do that, that's all you should worry about. I'm talking spiritually, planting the word of God in people's hearts. And that's all you should be worried about. That's all you should be concerned about is obeying God. Quit wasting your life and do something that's worthwhile. Amen. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. He's something. Amen. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one. So here there was division between the followers of Apollos and the followers of Paul because of who led them to Christ. And here he's saying, we're one. And so it's ridiculous to be arguing over that. But have you ever noticed how many camps there are of Christians? You know you can't please all of them? They forget we're one in Christ. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. See, you, you want that instant gratification. You want to be paid this Friday or this weekend. You don't want to wait until eternity to get paid. Because you're an American. You want it all and you want it right now. And this job ain't paying me enough, so I'm going to go get a new one. But there is a reward. If you serve God, there is a reward. You may not get it this weekend, but there is a reward. That's the best kind of reward. Let's go to John chapter 15. I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. 
All of us are going to die. The Bible says that it is appointed unto men once to die. But, you know, you can speed up that process. <laughs> In the book of Ecclesiastes, it says, uh, by sinning, you can speed up the process. I believe it's chapter 7. And when God commands us to bear fruit and we don't, what is that? It's the sin of disobedience. Here it says, every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it. And see, that could be painful. I think everybody that serves God has been put through the fire. You've been through some hard things. And it's hard. <laughs> Very painful. But God's working on you so... He's purging you so you'll produce more fruit. If you've never been through the trials, which we were singing about this morning, and my wife started crying because uh, one of her friends in college, was she your roommate at times or just friends? She's a pastor's daughter from Boston, Massachusetts. And this week, we found out that her youngest sister's husband passed away at the age of 36 with COVID, and he was in ministry. But that's okay. It's hard for the time being. I mean, it's very painful. That's why Lori was crying. But we're singing, it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Let me tell you something. Most pastors, preachers, are not going to mind dying. You mind, you, you would mind if you're earthly, if you're carnal, if you're a baby Christian, because everything that's important to you is right here. But most pastors don't mind dying because we know we're getting an upgrade. That's a word a lot of people like to use today. I'm going to upgrade my gun, I'm going to upgrade my truck, I'm going to upgrade my house, upgrade, upgrade, upgrade. Well, preachers know that to go to heaven is a major upgrade, and once you go, you don't ever want to come back. For me to live as Christ and to die is gain. It doesn't say it's a loss. It's gain. He purgeth it that it may bring forth more fruit. So what does God want from you in your life? What does God expect from you in your life? What is God hoping you do with your life? The Bible talks about the nation of Israel in the book of Isaiah. And I'm not going to take you there. But God invested a lot of work into the nation of Israel. And then the, the Bible says that it was a vineyard but that when they gave grapes, they produced sour grapes. You think he was pleased? No, if you have a vineyard, you're expecting those grapes to be sweet and give you some grape juice that's sweet you can drink and enjoy. But they gave him sour grapes. I wonder how many Christians today are giving God sour grapes or maybe nothing at all. I asked some of you, have you ever planted a garden or had an orchard? Imagine if you had an orchard. So God has an orchard. All of us are trees. All the Christians in the world are trees. But they're not producing fruit. 
If you were God, would you be pleased with all those trees in your orchard not producing fruit? And God's displeased with us as well, because that's why he has us here. That's why he didn't rapture us out the moment we got saved. He could, but he didn't, because he tells us, you're the light of the world. He said he was the light of the world, then he said, you're the light of the world. The moon is a type of the church, and the sun is a type of Christ. We're to reflect his light. But a lot of Christians today are not reflecting his light. They're just living for themselves. And then he said, you're the salt of the earth. But what do you do with salt if it loses its savor? It's cast out to be tread upon by men. And today we've lost our light, and as salt, we've lost our savor. And if we've done that, God's not pleased with his orchard that's not producing fruit. Amen. And here in John 15, verse 3, Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Thank goodness, reading the Bible cleans our lives up enough to where we can bear some fruit, brother. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. So would this be a reason you're not bearing fruit? You don't have that close relationship with Jesus Christ you ought to have? If you take a branch from a tree and saw it off and separate it from the tree, what's going to happen to that branch? It's not going to bear fruit. It's going to wither up. It's going to die. It's going to be cast into the fire, which we're going to read about here in John 15. I'm not saying the Lord's going to cast you into hell. But I can tell you he's not pleased with his orchard. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same, bringeth forth what? So, is he in you? Are you in him? Why is there no fruit? For without me, ye can do nothing. Are you trying to live life like that? Are you trying to get through life in your own strength? Are you trying to get through life without Jesus Christ? You, you can do nothing without him. If a, if a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gathered them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. Now there, I guess it could be speaking of a lost person, because as Christians, we know that he's in us and we're in him, but the lost couldn't say that. And here it's a branch that's not attached to the tree so they're not in him and he's not in them they're the ones that get cast into the lake of fire first hell and then the lake of fire verse 7 if ye abide in me and my words abide in you ye shall ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you oh how many times do you pray and you feel like God doesn't answer your prayer Would it be because you're not pleasing him with your life? Because you don't have the relationship with Jesus Christ that you ought to have? And you come asking for favors and he says, huh, what'd you say? Because the relationship isn't there. Herein is my father glorified that ye bear no fruit. Does it say no fruit? 
And you know why we're here? We're here to glorify God. And one way we can glorify God and know for sure we're glorifying God with our lives is bearing much fruit. Look down in verse 15, 16. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you. It's like laying on of hands, send you out, send you out, send you forth. For what? To live for self? To let material things replace the true and living God? That ye should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. Where should your fruit remain? I've seen people, I'd say brag about leading a lot of people to Christ. But they're not in church. Where should your fruit remain? If you're really leading people to Christ, they need to be discipled and they need to be in church. So God wants you to bear a lot of fruit, but he wants your fruit to remain in church. That whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. If you're being obedient unto God, unto God in this area and all the other ones as well, because you can't just pick and choose, hey, I want to obey God in this, but not in that. But if you're being obedient unto God and you're obedient in this area, bearing forth much fruit, you know what? You're glorifying the Father. And then when you pray, he's like, oh, you need something? Okay. Because imagine being at work. And they're always frustrated with you because you're not producing. (laughs) You're not profitable to the company. You're constantly breaking things. And it's all, all that should be produced is going in the dumpster out back. And you go in there and say, hey, boss, could you loan me $2,000? He's on the verge of firing you already and you're asking for favors and that's how we are with God. He's not pleased with this. So when you ask for something in prayer, he just says no. Let's look quickly at Revelation 4.11. And this has been changed in new Bibles and newer versions and it doesn't say the same thing. But if you have a King James Bible, it says this, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory. We're talking about glorifying the Father tonight by bearing much fruit. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, including you and me, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. And when we glorify God by bearing much fruit, we're pleasing Him. We're glorifying Him. We're honoring Him. And if not, if you just live your whole life for yourself, you could write a book like Solomon did. Ecclesiastes. It's all vanity, all vanity, all vanity. Well, he was miserable because... He failed as a preacher. If you read the first verses, 
in the, in the book of Ecclesiastes, he says, this is the preacher. But he was all down on life because he disobeyed God and failed as a preacher, failed as a king. Under his sons, the kingdom was divided. Because as a king, he was an example to the whole nation, and he failed them. All right, let's go to Matthew 13. Can I tell you tonight that not everyone that comes to church comes to hear the word? Like I said, some only come to criticize. Some come because their friends come, so they want to see their friends. Some came just to see how you're dressed this evening. <laughs> and if you didn't do something quite right, they laugh at you. I mean, it's good you come to church and see your friends, but that shouldn't be the main reason you come to church. Well, sure, coming to church is part of it is the fellowship, and it's very enjoyable. Matthew 13. So we're talking about being fruitful. We're going to look at four types of ground, and we're going to be done. And I'm not going to read the first verses. We're just going to read, start in verse 17. But here throughout this passage, it does talk about, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Do you have ears to hear tonight? Verse 9, who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Verse 13, therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. Verse 15, for this people's heart is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes that they have closed. Lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and should be converted and I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. 17. For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which ye see and have not seen them. Imagine the Old Testament prophets and they knew what was coming but they didn't live long enough to get to see it. And they knew who was coming, the Messiah. And they didn't live long enough to get to see him come to earth and be born as a, as a babe and die on the cross to pay for our sins. They knew about it, but didn't get to see it. Not in person. And to hear those things which ye hear, ye hear and have not heard them. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. So when we come to church, we should come with the right attitude to hear and to learn. But some only come to hear and not to do. And so some Christians live their whole lives like that. Hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and never doing. Imagine going to college and you go study a career. Say you study for how many years do doctors study? 12, 16, I don't know, a long time. Imagine studying all those years and paying those thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in tuition and never becoming a doctor. Recently, I heard of one young man, he's a pastor's son, and he went to college to study to be a teacher. 
We tried that out and didn't like it. So he went back to college and studied another career, and now he's in, I don't know, engineer or something. And he likes that better. So he went to college twice because the first thing he studied, he didn't like. And so a lot of us, we hear and hear and hear and hear and never do. You think we're wise if, we, if we're that kind of Christians? <laughs> hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. Now he's going to explain it. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not. So people are going to hear the word and some people are going to hear it for the first time and not understand it. But what are we doing? We're preparing that heart for the future. Amen. They might not be saved that day, but they may may be saved later on. And those of you that are soul winners, have you ever noticed when you're about to lead someone to Christ and take them to the, you know, you've been through all the explanation of the gospel and you're about to lead them to Christ and there's an interruption. The phone rings, someone comes, their neighbor that never comes over came to see him that day, right as you're about to pray with them. And that's like what, what verse 19 describes. Then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. So there are four kinds of ground by the wayside. So it doesn't grow very well there because the ground's not prepared for it. So let's brush it aside. A lot of people, take, when they hear God's word, they brush it aside. Some of you are doing that tonight. Oh, that's not for me. Brush it aside. 20. But he that received the seed into stony places, so that's hard hearts. And a lot of us have hard hearts towards God's word. Some of us are mad at God, and it's not his fault. Some of us are bitter, and it's not his fault. We blame God, and it's not his fault. He's perfect. We're the sinners here. If we're going through something difficult, it's our fault, not his. But he that received the seed into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth it, the moment they're joyful, yet he hath not root in himself, but dureth for a while, for when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, Oh, you're a Christian now? Oh, buddy, here comes a persecution. And they can't handle it. And they leave. 22. He also that received seed among the thorns. And notice all these are hearing it. Verse 19. Heareth the word of the kingdom. Verse 20. He that heareth the word and anon with joy receiveth it. Verse 22. He also that received seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word. So he heard it. And the care of this world, there are two things here that choke a Christian. And it may be choking you in your life right now. And the Bible mentions them right here, directly out of the Lord's mouth. And it's these two things. He heard the word, but the care of this world, all my busyness here, All my cares here, all my burdens here, all my stresses here, all my burdens that I carry and responsibilities I carry, choke the word. There's no fruit. 
and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. Deceitfulness of riches. Most Americans, they want to have riches. I mean, people in Mexico do too. That's why they're coming across. <laughs> but here, man, I should just say in the world today, people want riches. But the Bible says the deceitfulness of riches because when you get them, it's not what you expected. You don't have the joy you thought you would have. You're not fulfilled like you thought you would be. You were fooled. You, you were fooled your whole life so you wouldn't bear fruit. You put all your energy into making money, but you never led souls to Christ. So, you might have a lot of material things here, a big fat bank account here, but let me tell you something. You can't take any of that with you. So two things, the care of this world and two, the deceitfulness of riches. Choke the word and he becometh what? Verse 23, but he that receiveth seed, he that receives seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some an hundredfold. That's times 100. So if someone led me to Christ, and I lead a hundred people to the Lord in my lifetime, that's pretty good. But you don't have to stop at a hundred. I didn't. And I want to keep bearing fruit until the Lord returns or until I die and go to heaven. You don't have to stop at a hundred. That's the high number here out of the three. One hundred is the high number. Some of you have borne zero fruit. Some of you, you could count on one hand how many you've led to Christ. Some of you on two. You should be ashamed. You're not pleasing God. His orchard is bearing no fruit. And here it says, and bringeth forth some an hundredfold. When it says that, it means times 100. Multiply by 100. And, you know, when you go and sow seed in a field, you're not expecting to reap the exact number you sowed. You could just keep it in a sack and not bother about going about all the work of preparing the ground, sowing the seed, keeping it free of weeds, and uh, make sure it has water and fertilizer and take care of it until you can harvest. No, people go and they plant a field with expectation of some profit. And you can plant one seed of corn... And that one plant may have two or three years of corn on it. And if you counted on the corn cob how many kernels are on there, it's a multiplication <laughs> of what you put in the ground. God expects that out of us too. He wants some multiplication. So, for example, if you in your whole life you don't lead anybody to Christ, <laughs> how do you think you're going to feel when you're before Christ, because the Bible says that it's, uh, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. We're all going to be judged. And you're there, and Paul's there, and Stephen is there, and Peter is there, and these guys that were martyrs for Christ, and they had lots of fruit, and you had nothing. 
God's there. The angels are there. All the precious saints of the, in the history of the world are there. And you're going to be majorly embarrassed because you didn't bear any fruit. And bringing forth some in hundredfold, some sixty, you could say sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. So in your lifetime as a Christian, at least lead a hundred people to the Lord, but I encourage you to, that once you get started, never stop. Never look back. <laughs> and the Bible says that he that hath his hand to the plow and looketh back, turns around to look back, it's not worthy. And so I want to encourage you, maybe you haven't led anybody to the Lord. Maybe you don't know how. I'm sure there are people here that would love to help you. pastor's raising his hand right now. He'll teach you how. Hang out with him. Go soul winning, go soul winning with him. So that's how you learn. And once you get started, you're going to love it. <laughs> the other night I was talking to the Mitchell boy, what night of the wedding... And we're out here under the tent. And uh, I said, I heard God called you to preach. And he said, that's right. And I said, uh, serving God's the best thing you could do. It's exciting. And I love it. And I wouldn't do anything else. You could, you could get excited about it too. Some people think, oh, that's the preacher's job. He's got to win all the souls. No, then you're a tree that's unfruitful and God's not pleased with you. Look quickly in the book of Jude, and I'm done. Verses 11 and 12. Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain. What did Cain do? He didn't obey God. He did whatever he wanted. See, he offered up the wrong sacrifice. There's no fruit in watermelon. I mean, there's no blood in watermelons and, uh, and turnips. <laughs> and without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. So he offered up the wrong sacrifice. Maybe you're doing that in your life too. You're offering up the wrong sacrifice. That's not what God asked you to do. You're trying to please him, but... According to your own way, not according to his way. Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily after the error of Balaam. Now, what did Balaam do? What are we doing today? Living for monetary gain, for material things, for a big fat bank account and all the latest toys. And nothing for God. We've, got, we've gone in the same error. And it says, woe unto them. Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily after the error of Balaam. He sold himself out. He didn't do it right then when he, went, he prophesied what God made him speak. But later, he told the king how he could, King Balak, how he could def defeat Israel. He gave him the secret. So he sold out for money and perished in the gainsaying of Korah. 
And he just turned a bunch of people against God's leader. These are spots in your feast of charity when they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear. Clouds they are without water, carried about of winds. Trees whose fruit withereth without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots. It doesn't have to be that way. Look down with me in verses 22 and 23. It could be this way. And of some have compassion, making a difference. And others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. So, in closing, I have a question for you tonight. I'm going to ask you two. Are you bearing fruit? And if not, why not? And what kind of ground are you? By the wayside, brush the word aside, because that's not for me. Hard-hearted, stony ground. Are you letting cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke you so that you don't produce fruit? Or are you the fourth kind, good ground, that's producing 100-fold, 60-fold, or 30-fold? Don't stop at 100. Just keep going till the Lord comes back. You know what? You won't fit in here. You'll need a new facility. Amen. 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 Preacher, come ahead.